This is the Activate Podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom. In this week's podcast... And what the Holy Spirit does, Jesus teaches us in John 16 that the Holy Spirit's ministry is to convict us of sin and righteousness and judgment. He convicts us of sin by just slowly cutting our soul where when the Christian sins, they should immediately think, ouch. Thank you for listening to Activate, a podcast of Journey Church International in Lee Summit, Missouri. My name is Brandon, and today I will be having a conversation with Pastor Christian, lead and founding pastor of Journey. We will continue our conversation from our summer series where we've been unpacking the teachings of Jesus. You know, when Jesus lived on this earth, he would often teach important spiritual truths by using parables. Parables were simply earthly stories that were revealed to have a spiritual meaning for those who will seek out the deeper meanings in it. And we'll be talking specifically about a parable that Jesus taught that we've entitled the parable of the barren fig tree found in Luke chapter 13. Pastor Christian, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Brandon. It's good to be back, but it's always good to be away. Um, and I'm so grateful to be a, a part of a church that uh, applauds and supports and recognizes the ministry of discipleship. And here's here's what I mean by that. Um, you know, I, I am first and foremost in life called to be a faithful Christian, then a faithful husband, um, then a then a faithful dad, um, and down the line a little bit is a is a faithful pastor. But part of my first calling in life to be a faithful pastor is is to be a disciple making disciple. And anyone who's trying to disciple anyone is called to fan into flame the gifts of God that that people has given people that, that God has given people. And my primary role at our church is to disciple our staff, our ministry staff, and to help them become who God has created them and called them to be. So an important part of of my ministry as a Christian, not as the lead pastor, but as a Christian, is to see you and Ryan and Mike fan into flame the the gifts that you have to communicate God's word. To teach God's word, to do the podcast. And there are a lot of churches and there are a lot of church members in churches who say, oh, you know, if the, if the lead pastor is not preaching, I, I'm not going. I, I only care about hearing one guy. But at our church, uh, we're not trying to build the platform of a man. We, we, are trying to, we are trying to build a house for the gospel. We're trying to build a place for gospel ministry. And we want to be a church filled with disciple-making disciples so that the lead pastor can disciple and give opportunities to people to grow in their gifts and every person in the church can disciple and breathe life into the gifts of people. So it's good to be back, but it was so good to be gone because when I was gone, I feel like I see my greatest ministry when I'm away. Um, it's easy for me to get up on the stage um, and, and kind of, and kind of express and administer the gifts that God has given me to preach and teach. What is more difficult and what is more rewarding is to train others up and to send them out and to see them do that with success, to see them do that with anointing, to see them do that with impact, to listen to their sermons, to listen to their podcast and think, man, we are building people. That is how you build the kingdom. So it was, it's, it is good to be back, but it was so good to be away because when I'm away, I get to see the reality of my discipleship living through the ministers who are stepping in and expressing their gifts. So thank you for keeping the podcast going. Thank you for standing in and, and teaching like you did a few weeks ago um, and just being a part of a team that helped Mike and Ryan and everyone keep this thing moving. And to our listeners, thank you for not 
following the ministry of a man, but for engaging in the work of, of the kingdom and supporting every man or woman who, who gets in a position of leadership at our church and expresses their gifts. And for those of you who are pouring into others and then stepping back so they can express their gifts, good job. Let's keep being a church filled with disciple-making disciples. Pastor Christian, it really was an honor to step in and, and be that for when you were gone. So thank you for the opportunity. And I'm, I don't think we lost any listeners, at least not that I'm aware of. So, um, I'm so, sure we gained some, to be honest with you. So <laughs> hopefully those people who only tuned in for Mike, only tuned in for Ryan, everyone hears you every week think, hey, this, you know, this Newsome guy's not bad either. I met somebody at Summit Lakes yesterday, uh, as I was talking to him who came for the first time. Two, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So she had heard you. She had heard Mike. Yesterday she heard Ryan. And I thought, boy, I, I hope she sticks around. And then when she gets to me, she likes me too. Because clearly what's been going on has been good enough to bring her back. But it had nothing to do with me. So if you're a brand new listener, um, we hope you'll continue in this Activate podcast ministry with us. Ryan said it was his. We'll share it with him. It was his last week. Um, but it's normally the two guys you're listening to now, Pastor Brandon and myself. There you go. Well, when this actual podcast is released, Pastor Christian, we'll be launching Love Week. Um, once a year, we try to activate our entire church in serving the Kansas City area for an entire week. We have a big goal this year of mobilizing a thousand volunteers to serve in our community. Would you take a moment and just share what it does to your heart to see so many people from Journey serving in our community? Well, it it. It just fulfills the vision that God gave us. Yes. I mean, in 2009, when God began to speak to our hearts about a church, it was a church that would be for its community, not just in its community. It was a church that the community would be aware of. Even if they never came to our church, they would be grateful to our, for our church. They would be touched by the ministry of our church. So this is one of my favorite weeks of the year because we get to see ministry in action. We get to see mission being accomplished. But one of the reasons I really like this week, do you, do you go to Costco or Sam's Club? Either one of them? Costco. So I'm a Costco guy mm-hmm. as well. I don't know if Brett Matone's a loyal listener, but um, if he is, we are loyal Costco customers. I like going to Costco on Friday afternoon because they have the free sample stations oh, yeah. all over. Oh, and you yeah. really don't even have to eat lunch. Sometimes you can go on your date day to Costco and it's free and you get an appetizer you get several different types of entree and a dessert and then you can walk out and it's all and free. a health food supplement of no some doubt sort. about yeah. it yeah and, and you get your exercise in for the day so yeah i love costco love week for me as as the lead pastor love week is the free sample day at costco i'm trying to whet the appetite of the christians in our church to see what is available in the community to do that they can make a difference with. And I'm hoping of all the shoppers we have that serve once at Love Week, and I'm I'm super excited for them. Uh, I'm super excited for what we will do in our community. Sherry Hennig, who oversees Love Week, just sent me a text as we're recording this saying, if all of our positions get filled, we will serve nearly 3,000 hours of community service in one week in our community. That is awesome. But my prayer is that some people who are tasting a sample of community impact 
would think I want more of that. And they would once a month go back and help or once a quarter go back and help, or they would begin looking for more opportunities to help in the community. So I'm grateful for the impact. I'm hopeful for the long-term transformation that some people who are sampling community impact might decide to make that an entree on their spiritual menu and really throw their life into an area of serving our community well, even if only 10 of the thousand volunteers do that, but they do that for the rest of their life. We win. The kingdom wins. Jesus wins. Our community wins. That's what I'm hoping for. And I think it is whetting the appetite of, of a lot of people. And here's a, just a perfect example, Pastor Christian. Through our digital impact, we have individuals that, that watch us online, and they hear about what's happening through Love Week. And uh, one of those individuals actually visited our church just a couple weeks ago and said, I love what we do for Love Week. Can we, can we coordinate efforts with Journey to do this in our community that, that, that we live in in Florida? Wow. And I was, I, I just simply said, well, just find a place there and, and start serving. It doesn't take us coordinating the effort. Right. But, but just find somewhere or someplace or someone that you can serve and just jump in and do it. It's just like Pastor Ryan's message yesterday, right? I mean, that message was not targeted to complete a program. It was targeted yes. to change a heart, to get involved like a good neighbor. I'm going to be there. I'm, you know, I'm going to find a place and I'm going to start serving. I'm going to start helping. Well, on Sunday, you will talk about an extremely challenging parable that Jesus taught. The parable of the barren fig tree. Jesus used a tree that wasn't producing any free fruit to teach a deeply spiritual truth. The strength of a tree is found in its root system. You have a strong root system, you have a strong tree. So you stated that spiritually speaking, Jesus will dig into our heart through conviction if you will let him in order to produce spiritual fruit. Let me ask you this. What does it look and feel like when we experience true conviction? Well, first, it, it was a challenging message. I mean, it, it's a challenging parable. It's a challenging spiritual truth. It was a challenge to preach because because I mean, the simple truth is you're either going to bear fruit or you're, you're going to be right. thrown. You're going to be thrown away to, to be burned. I mean, John the Baptist began his ministry of the kingdom with the axes at the root of the tree. And it's, it's going to be cut down and it's going to be burned. Obviously an analogy of, of hell, people eternally separated from, from the Messiah. And here Jesus uses that as well. It's like, whoa, this is, this is challenging that there is patience and there is care and there is discipleship and development today. It's very, very real, but there is judgment and there is accountability um, and there is eternity at the end, and it's, and it's very, very real. This was a super challenging message. And the way that Jesus tries to take us from where we are to where we need to be is, is through conviction. Um, in John 15, which we looked at in this message, we looked at it through the analogy of a tree being pruned back. In Acts chapter 2, when the apostle Peter preached and the Holy Spirit fell and descended upon his listeners, it said they were cut to the heart. So I, I would say this con conviction feel feels like feels like getting a cut in your soul. Right? It does it doesn't feel like losing a limb. But if you've ever been running through a field, riding through a field, um, and you know you get scratched by a briar or a thorn or a stick, you you are aware of it. Yeah, you, you don't lose your arm, you probably don't in, you know develop gangrene, but you are aware that, ooh, I don't want to repeat that. 
And what the Holy Spirit does, Jesus teaches us in John 16 that the Holy Spirit's ministry is to convict us of sin and righteousness and judgment. He convicts us of sin by just slowly cutting our soul where when the Christian sins, they should immediately think, ouch. They should hear an inner voice. They should they should feel internally in their soul, in their heart, maybe in their stomach, in their head. They shouldn't be able to sleep at night. They should they should feel a cut to the heart, a cut to the soul. Uh, Adrian Dupre, who spoke at camp this year, said that every Christian who has the Holy Spirit in him, uh, him or her, literally has two voices that that speak to them they've got the holy spirit and then they've got the flesh and every time the holy spirit says do this and they and they don't um the holy spirit will speak back up and said you should have done that and every time the holy spirit says don't do that and you do the holy spirit will speak up to you and say you shouldn't have done that and he said if you don't hear that voice you might not have the holy spirit because the holy spirit never stops speaking so conviction feels like this awareness this cut um this pruning this reality in your soul in your heart in your head um, that, ooh, that, that was not right. I don't want to repeat that. That wasn't good. Um, and, and I believe Jesus and his gentleness will start with a scratch. But I mean, he, he said, if your hand causes you to sin, you, you should cut it off. He's not opposed to pruning back our life in serious ways because he wants, he wants our soul to make it into heaven rather than just one part of our body to cause our entire soul and existence to be thrown into hell. So he will cut back. He will prune us and it and it feels like a little scratch and and when you quit feeling the scratch you need to look around and see if you are in heaven or if maybe you're not walking towards heaven anymore because the road to heaven is paved with conviction it's paved with pruning it's paved with constantly cutting at our soul until all of the old flesh is cut away and we've got this soft new heart of spiritual flesh that is obedient to and connected to Jesus and we will live with conviction our entire time on this earth as Christians, right? The and entire time on earth, no doubt about it. something we, we will ever get rid of. Never get rid of it. And we should be thankful for it. Yes. Thankful for the conviction. It's actually a great picture of grace, right? Yes. No, yeah, no doubt about it. Wonderful picture of grace. Wonderful picture of, of the cross. Let's talk about the first point of your parable real quick. Um, the first point was simply this, your roots produce fruits. Jesus works below the surface in our lives. It's almost an inside-out type of working. He, he, he's concerned about our habits, but it doesn't start there. It starts with our heart. So like a tree, that um, what is absorbed through the leaves and the, and the ground fuels the roots. So from your experience, Pastor Christian, what are healthy individuals doing to strengthen their roots? Yeah, so I listened to a podcast recently on discipleship that said the, the number one habit of people who are growing spiritually, the number one habit by a landslide of people who are growing spiritually is daily time in the word of God. I mean, that, that is, if, if you say, okay, people who appear to have roots, like Psalm one says that are anchored near streams of water and they just keep growing and they, their body never feels, never looks parched and dry spiritually. Um, people who are anchored daily in the scriptures and the word of God are, are people whose soul is being fed. I believe people who are engaged in a lifestyle of worship, 
whether that is a little bit of worship music every day um, in the morning, in the evening, on your drive time to work, whether that is always getting to church early and finding your seat and being in place, not so you can listen to the music, but so that you can worship. People who are studying the lyrics of worship music to find out what songs mean to their soul so they can really release their life in worship. People who have learned this lifestyle of worship, I find, are really, really grounded. People who memorize scripture. You know, the first time a book was ever written, the Pentateuch, um, Genesis through Deuteronomy, really one of the first generations to ever have a copy of this book was Joshua's generation. And and God told Joshua in Joshua 1.8, don't let this book of the law depart from you. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do everything written in it. Then your way will be made prosperous and successful. This thought of meditating on and memorizing scripture, people who do that, I find you can see by their outward appearance. You can't see the root system, but the outward appearance tells you the root system has to be growing. People who are involved in community. And I've, and I mean a very specific type of spiritual community that challenges one another spiritually, that, um, that debates, that defends, um, that challenges, uh, that inspires, that kind of pushes back mutual spiritual growth as iron sharpens iron, the Bible says. Um, those people I find out, uh, you see really developing a root system. And then people who are serving, um, people who are flexing their spiritual muscles. Hey, what does the spiritual gym look like? It looks like a church on Sunday morning. It looks like a church on Love Week. What does a church look like when everyone is working out, flexing their muscles? It, it, you, you watch people work out spiritually when they're serving. When you serve, you are flexing your spiritual muscles and you're getting stronger. People who are doing those things, are, are they, they may grow slowly above ground, but they're going to develop something underground that's going to be a generational faith for those and those around them. Let's talk about your second point of the parable, and we need to identify what's choking the roots. That's the second point. We need to identify what's choking the roots. You mentioned several things that may be choking our roots, and interestingly, as I reviewed those and heard those, they all have something to do with how we treat others, not how we treat God. So can you explain why the deepest and most dangerous sins reside in our relationships with others? Yeah, so 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 often our church gets hung up on what, what Jesus would refer to as whitewashing tombs. Uh, somebody becomes a Christian, so we want them to look like a Christian as quickly as possible. So we come up with a list of 10 to 15 things and some of these are valid. If you represent sure. Jesus, if you represent Journey, hey, you need to represent well. Um, but but we spend so much time so quickly focusing on the exterior that we don't deal with the interior. And we get people, you know, not to drink, cuss, smoke, or chew, or date girls that do. You know, that was the famous saying in my, in my youth group um, upbringing. And I've realized that none of those things send people to hell and... Um, I'll just stop right there. Um, but, you know, we, we focus on the exterior. We whitewash the tomb so we look good. But then we never deal with the heart. And then you have Proverbs say there's six things that God hates, really seven that he despises. And none, none of them are like drinking too much or smoking a cigarette um, or using profanity or, or even, you know, watching the wrong kind of movies, listening to the wrong kinds of music. There's six things that the Lord detests, seven that he hates. And they all deal with how we view ourselves, how we treat other people, how we talk about other people, 
how we very subtly turn people to us and our position and away from others and their position. And what you, what you do when you, when you sneak back into the Garden of Eden and you become a fly on the wall, if there were flies in the Garden of Eden, you see a serpent walk into the garden and his interest is not getting someone to smoke a blunt. His interest is not to get someone to, hey, watch, watch this, um, look at this on the internet. His interest is to divide Adam from Eve relationally. His interest is to divide Adam and Eve from God relationally. His interest is to make Cain and Abel hate each other so that they will lash out against each other. His interest is in jumping in and destroying relational harmony, relational unity, the strength in numbers that it takes to move the kingdom of God forward. And so often we we whitewash the tombs while there's death inside and we get someone who looks really good on the outside But they believe they look even better. They've got haughty eyes that think a lot of themselves, Uh, you know, or or we get somebody who's really cleaned up on the outside. As a matter of fact, they may have cleaned up so well that they have perfected the art of turning gossip into prayer requests because they're really spiritual, but they're tearing at the fabric of relational unity or through subtlety. Um, They are just trying to win everyone to their side of every belief and every argument. Uh, And like I said on Sunday, when you constantly hear, um, you know, I, I use the name Billy. When you hear from five different people, hey, Billy said, Look out for Billy, um, because Billy is subtly building an army of division and disunity. Um, so when everyone is saying, Billy is saying, look out for Billy, because Billy needs to go read the book of Proverbs um, and realize the depth of sin that resides in all of us if we don't keep our roots strong. Well, Pastor Christian, let's end the podcast today with this thought. Um we love to have great shrubs around our house. We love to have strong trees. And so once a year, we take these tree stakes and we hammer these stakes that are just fertilizer right. around the tree to right. strengthen the root system of the tree. We have to do the same thing spiritually. We have to use fertilizer to strengthen the roots. And that was your third point to, to uh, f- sometimes we have to use fertilizer. I would say all the time we would probably need to use fertilizer. So I'd love for you to be just a spiritual arbor- arborist for just a moment. Uh, that's a that's a tree doctor, I think. Yeah, it's not somebody who burns things down, right? right? Exactly. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, it's close. Although a lot you of would the love same to letters. do that too, right? But, uh, You'd like, like I like to burn bonfires. Things. I don't want to be. I don't want. I'm not a pyro. <laughs> <laughs> so if I were to sit down with you, Pastor Christian, and say this, I'm not seeing any fruit in my life, and I feel like my spiritual roots aren't very strong. What would, your, what would your advice be to me? Yeah, so I'm going to start with the four E's of our church because I believe it is the strategy in the book of Acts to keep people spiritually connected. I'm going to say, tell me what your church attendance looks like over the last, say, 12 weeks, um, the last quarter. Um, tell me what your small group engagement looks like over the last 12 weeks. Tell me where you've been serving over the last 12 weeks and tell me what your personal spiritual development time looks like over the last 12 weeks. That those, are, those are the questions I'm always going to start with, because if you do those things and you do them well, you can't not grow. You're going to grow. Every time I sit down with someone who needs marriage counseling, every time for the past 10 years, every time, the first question I ask two people who are struggling is, when is the last time you had a date? 
It is the first question. And usually it is the only discussion that we need to have that first time. Because the reality is you're not close in marriage because you're not making time to be close. Well, we've not had a date. I'm really busy. Well, tell me what you've done. So since you had a date the last time, or I, I was just with a couple yesterday. Um, tell me the last time you guys had a vacation together since your honeymoon. We haven't. We don't have time. However, since the last time you took a vacation together, you have played 23 seasons of slow pitch softball. And you have coached 17 seasons of club volleyball and you, you know, you have worked 90 hours a week and you have bought a boat and you've done all this. So what you're telling me is you do not have time to work on your marriage because all of these other things are important. If somebody sat down and said, I just don't see fruit in my life. I'm going to ask them, well, are you tending the tree? It's been three years. Jesus said, wait, wait, it's been three years with no fruit. Just give me a year of feeding the roots and it'll work. Just give me a year of feeding the roots. So I would tell someone who said, I'm not seeing fruit in my life. What, what do I need to do? I'd say, take a year and feed the roots, get rid of all the garbage. Be careful. Little eyes, what you see, be careful. Little ears, what you hear, be careful. Little hands, what you touch, be careful. Little feet where you go. Cause the father up above is looking down you know, the, the father up in heaven is, is looking. Yeah. Looking down below. Like, so like cut out the garbage Get in the word every day, get in church every week, get in a men's or a women's group or a small group Bible study, start serving, and then come see me in a year. That that was the advice that Jesus gave in Luke chapter 13. Get rid of the garbage, get real focused on feeding your roots and come see me in a year. And I think the conversation would be different. It is not rocket science. It You do not need a degree in Greek or Hebrew or church history, or theology, just start walking with Jesus. Just do the basics and start walking with Jesus. I love that you reemphasize this idea of take a year, um, because we often want immediate results. Yes. I gave my life to Jesus. Now I should start seeing dramatic changes in my life. And that does happen. But man, it takes time. And we've got to be willing to commit that time to it. It takes time to grow strong. Yes, it does. Yeah, it takes time to grow strong. Well, Pastor Christian, I want to thank you for your message on Sunday. I know it wasn't easy, but you did it so well. And and sharing some really practical ideas on the podcast today to strengthen our spiritual roots so that we can produce deeply impactful spiritual fruit in our lives. And we want to thank you so much for listening to Activate. Our prayer, as always, is that you have found this extremely helpful as you strive to be better fruit producers in your life. And our challenge to you this week is to do one thing every day that counts for eternity. And if all of us pursue this direction in our lives, together we can become difference makers in our homes and in our communities. We look forward to catching you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. We would love for you to help us get the word out about this resource. Don't forget to share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.